This is the one and only Heavy Hole Podcast. I am your host, Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Joining me, my co-host, Rick B. Welcome back, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me there, boss. How's everybody doing? Oh, boss, man. Thank you. I try, I try to start it off real professional for the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. We're out here. I uh, You might hear it in my voice. I had a little crazy New Year's party. I was I, was, I watched uh, Terminator 2 and drank exactly two and a half White Claws and fell asleep at 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It's a good one to pick, man. Like oh. I said, the first two of the, you know, I'm not going out on a limb, but the first two of the, the good ones there in that in that series, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to get started, man. I actually did watch. I've been meaning to watch Dark Future and Genesis. Mm. They, they they made these these weird Terminator movies that have nothing to do with the. Well, they, they, I don't know. It's a whole. Th- I'm going to get into it on a different episode. We're doing a little. Oh. We're doing a, an at the movies uh, type mm. of bonus episode. Yeah, it's going to be bring your popcorn. Um, speaking of bring your popcorn, we have a um, action packed episode. We're going we're going to literally take the listeners on an in, uh, interactive, um, almost like an AI like. Uh, uh, trip into Staten Island tonight. I think. Oh, we're gonna, right? I mean, come on, we're going uh, there. We're yeah, going well, there. I mean, uh, I could be. Uh, I'm well versed on Staten Island, so we can we can shoot the shit about that if we need. Yeah, Dude. yeah. But speaking of shoot the shit, man, how you doing, Rick? Uh, it's the new year. You know what's what's going on. What are your plans? Uh, you know, going in with your projects and stuff, man. What's uh, what's out, man? What's going on? Well, like uh, very soon, like either today or. Tomorrow or within the next couple of days, the new uh, Gray Sky single is going to drop. And uh, that's pretty much, um, you know, a little nervous about that. A little, mm. little anticipation, see how that's going to go. Mm. That's really our first thing that we've released in, you know, a couple of years. So uh, looking forward to that and the announcement of the album, which will also occur on that that day. Okay, amazing, amazing. And you did announce the label, I think, on social media. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. We were able to uh, kind of... It, was published in a uh, an advertisement in a print magazine, so we were able to <laughs> announce it as uh, Profound Law Records. Extremely, uh, extremely happy to be part of that label. That was my first choice for a couple of years, yeah. and uh, extremely thrilled. Shout to shout to Chris Bruni, man. It's beautiful to work with uh, the support a supportive label. Now there's a few bands um, where we got different members, different members of our network of musicians and, you know, every, every, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great thing, man. I, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable, uh, opportunity for all of us really. Yeah, definitely, man. And, um, well, well, speaking of our network of musicians, speaking of all of us, I don't even know if you know who tonight's guest is. I, you're gonna have to fill me in. Uh, I got Joe D'Angelo's number behind your back. I, I looked him up I, on the streets. <laughs> I got him aside. I interviewed him nice. completely separate from you. We soundproofed the room. I had a guy Good. I had a guy check him for wires and bugs, and we got his side of the gray skies falling story, Rick. Wow. Come. Uh un, unexpected. I'm looking forward to uh to getting down and dirty here. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be great. Uh Joe, uh I've known Joe for 30 years, so it's uh it's unbelievable to even say that. As I found out, and at the end of this episode, we are going to expose an obscure metal album mm. that relates to both of your upbringings as mm. as as young men in the music industry. Man, it's going to be an amazing. There's going to be a Staten Island revelation tonight in the metal scene. But right now, let's talk to Joe D'Angelo for his own revelations. Dark tonight, you are a sun. From dark tonight, you are a sun. 
Check, check, check. This is Big Will from the Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than Joe D'Angelo, who some of you may know from Gray Skies Fallen, but is also currently promoting uh, his project Umber Sound, uh, and he just released the first full-length album from that project, Count to Ten and Breathe. Welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me, Will. Of course, man. Um, great to get you on. I've you've kind of like teased this project with some trailers and some previews over the last few months, and I wanted to get you on to talk about it. Um, it, it doesn't disappoint, and I think uh, people who might know you from your work in Gray Skies Fallen might see it as a natural progression. But we'll we'll get into all that. I want to I want to take you down a typical heavy hole podcast lane though, uh, which always starts with: Are you from a musical family? Are there musicians in your family older than yourself, or anyone who got you into playing guitar or heavy metal and hard rock as a kid? Well, actually, um, uh, my my parents came from uh sicily so my granddad i i would watch my my granddad actually play uh mandolin and just like when i was a kid he would play and uh when he lived uh as as they called it back in the old country you know he would he he would go on these like little uh these these shows like you know like these uh uh, what did he call us my mind? Variety shows. That's it. So he would, he, I would see him, uh, play on there. And that, that actually got me, uh, interested in playing. But then like my, my parents were, were of course, you know, they were, you know, they're kind of old, you know, from the old school, you know, uh, that rock heavy metal music is, uh, from Satan and all that stuff. So, uh, but, um, you know, as, as I think on my, on my 13th birthday, I got my first guitar. It was a, uh, it, it was the off brand from Schechter. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I remember Rick, Rick used to make fun of me all the time because I had a guitar research. He's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. And that's that's how I learned le- learned to play pretty much. Okay, did you take lessons self taught? Like, how did you uh, did you play in school? Um, I pretty much, you know, I pretty much learned like w- with Rick. We, we we pretty much had like the same kind of journey. Uh, we had the same teacher. Uh, oh. This guy Steve, he uh, played guitar uh, in, in this band called Cities, which is. Uh, it's a pretty pretty known uh band from from back back in the eighties uh and he and he pretty pretty much taught uh both of us how to play um he taught us a lot about harmony that's where that's where i learned all all the harmony stuff that's why i like everything i hear is like harmony all all because of that guy <laughs> Okay, interesting. Well, because as as you and as the listeners know, Rick Habib from Grace Guys Fallen is a uh, reoccurring yeah. co-host here on the show. Yeah. Um. So I got to get him to talk a little about Steve from what kind of a band was Cities? Cities was like a it's like straight up metal. You know, the, you know, you know the high pitched vocals. The um the uh. There was an out al- the album name was I think they had one album. It was called uh 
Annihilation Absolute, I I think. I'm not entirely sure, but uh but yeah, and then and then he had a nineties band called Dark Black Past. Hmm. Which which was like an in uh Alice in Chains kind of thing. <laughs> but uh yes, Cities is is what I know him from though. Okay, so I also had at one point Craig Rossi on the podcast. Did you guys like all go to school together for the most part or? Yes, we, we, uh, well, I was at, at their school for, I think about just, just one semester. Um, that, that school was like a madhouse though, but I mean, I, I, I had fun there, you know, but it was just like, uh, you know, going, going, going and see, and, and see, seeing these guys every day. You know, it was like every day was like something new happening. You know, that is always something nuts with like one of the other kids or something like that. So, yeah, those are uh, interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick, I, th- I think Rossi or or Rick, or they both probably, like one told the story, the other backed it up of when Rick, I guess Rick like punched a kid or something right in the... Uh... Um, the lunchroom or something. I don't know, man. I got I got the impression it was a pretty wild time in, in high school. Yeah, I don't I don't think I was there though, but I yeah. I, I I I did did hear hear about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure I'll get I, Rick to. I try I I try I try not to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's Rick's pretty laid back nowadays, man. Yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> but I uh, we'll we'll hear enough from Rick. So your experience. Uh, um, with guitar. What about now heavy metal? Cause like I've got, I've always gotten the impression that Staten Island is kind of like, um, as one of the five boroughs, it, it, it's its own, it, not to say the other boroughs aren't distinct, but, but Staten Island is, um, it's a little bit more separated. I mean, just in terms of geography yeah. and, and just getting back and forth with, you know, public transportation or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, growing up out there, did you get a sense that the metal scene was a little insulated to Staten Island and Staten Island artists kind of, you know, some, sometimes I, sometimes I feel like there, there are no bridges connecting this Island to anything, you know, and it, yeah, it, 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 well, I don't, I, I think it changed now, but back, back in the day, it was pretty, pretty insular. Um, you know, every everyone with with music kind kind of kept to themselves, and it 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 was like very kind of how do I describe it? Like kept, like like kind of tribal. You, you know what I mean? The little group of like uh, metal that like European metal would stay on one side, and then like on uh, on the other would be like the trendier stuff, the Slayers, the the Panteras, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean. <clears throat> that that actually you know helped believe it or not that, that actually helped me get get into better you know bands pretty much <laughs> all right and and something i've always been and i say this respectfully cuz i am a fan of gray skies fallen obviously you guys yeah. are all my friends and and i've known you and i'm you know i'm in i'm in a i'm in a whole different band with with some of your bandmates um, but I, I always have found it kind of amusing or interesting maybe is the better word that this kind of uh, very melodic, um, at times slow-paced doom metal comes from Staten Island and Gray Skies Fallen, not necessarily even being the only band 
that could fit that description. But um, right, was yeah. was there was there like a specific scene for that? Did you guys feel like you were kind of like a little pocket for niche underground music as these bands developed in Europe, and you and you kind of saw yourselves adding to it, or were bands like Typo Negative and Life of Agony kind of paving the way for New York to do that? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, Typo, you know, they they actually, you know, you know, made way made way for a lot of doom bands. You know, they they were like, I mean, I well, 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 from what I see, but like the younger people, they were they were like the starter kit for doom, if if that makes any sense. Yeah. You yeah. know, still good. You know, still great. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I. Um, you know, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. I, I was just asking about the um, the doom, like like the idea of of this kind of like more nuanced doom metal uh, coming out of like gothic kind of doom metal coming out of a place like yeah. Staten Island, which is more associated mm-hmm. with a very blue collar kind of street level mentality. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know that I've I've actually heard that more 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 than once yeah like a lot of like because there's uh evoken they're they're uh from here as well yeah and you know like we're like we're like we're pretty much on the the same boat and uh i i just hope there are there are more bands like that coming from here and and even the the great the greater new york area I, I think Doom is having its day now a lot more with the younger yeah. generation and the current scene. Well, let, maybe let me ask, let me let me rephrase the question. That let me reframe it for for the early days because you were like one of the early members, uh, even an Eve of yeah. Morning before it became Gray Skies Falling. What was it like for you guys playing doom metal in New York City in the 90s, especially like the early to mid 90s when this was not a popular style? Um. <laughs> Every drummer wanted to be like uh, Danny from Biohazard, <laughs> so they they heard what we were playing. You know, they're like, "What is this? You know, you can't dance to this. You can't, you know, you can't start a mosh pit to this. What the hell is this?" So yeah, we we had a hard time getting a drummer, and uh, you know, I'm sure Rick would would go through this. The, the the same pains that I that I I went through with the uh, you know playing playing live with a uh, a drum machine pretty much which worked by the way which is you know um it it didn't act like uh, good old Sal Gregory so it <laughs> it worked no I'm just kidding I love Sal Gregory I don't. <laughs> We he's a constant topic of conversation too, man. It's all right. We could break balls. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, so you and Rick are. I'm interested in the fact that you and Rick learned from the same guitar teacher. There's obviously yeah. like a very organic kind of um, progression of like the type of music. Then, like, I, I know Grace Guys Fallen. You guys started out playing a more traditional death metal and black metal influenced style, mm-hmm. and then kind of leaned into the doom thing through the years. Um, as like, tell tell me about the like the, getting into the first out. Al- you were on the first album that had the original drummer, right? Yes, uh, Dom. Dom. All right, so yeah. 
So if, I'm yeah. sorry if you could just talk about that a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, it was the uh, the Eve of Morning demo? Uh, it was called uh, <laughs> it was called a dark serenade. Um, I know that's very uh, goth or what have you, but um, yeah, I, what I what I remember from doing that was we uh, a few things we we had trouble coming up with the uh, cover so i think i i i think we all said you know what just just screw it we'll we'll just use one of these pictures of like a nature picture and it turned out to be um the the original bass player was was in the navy and he took and he was stationed in guam and and he took pictures in guam of like open sea and we just used that <laughs> it was like okay you know what we'll just We'll just use that. Okay. And I mean, I don't, I don't think that was ever said ever, but you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we we recorded in uh, was a, a long time place, uh, Dare Studios. Uh, wow. Rick's, Rick's cousin re- recorded us actually. Yeah, it was a three three song demo. Um, the. First, the first and the and the last song were very doomy. The second one, I I honestly, um, it was uh, it it had more of like a hardcore influence. So it's kind of it's kind of almost like a biohazard thing going on. But the second song, I don't even remember of the the name the names of the songs. Oh wait, the first song is called "Drown Me to Infinity." It's it's all slowly starting to come back to me now. <laughs> but, uh, I'm on um yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm on uh uh Metal Archives right now. Um yeah. Th- yeah, they got they got everything, man. They got they got your government name and everything on there. Yeah, this this is Oh with, god. Yeah, uh Chris Montalbano. Oh, yeah, Chris Montalbano. They they have my real real name. They have they have they have Giuseppe on there. Oh no no I didn't know that. Oh all right I was like oh my oh sweet God wow. No no I'm sorry man. <laughs> we can we can edit that out if you want. So yeah. Uh, okay yeah yeah Dom Trombetta yeah because I I got confused at first because I was actually I started getting into the Grace Guys Fall and discography. All right so. Um, so, but that's interesting because their studio is here on Long Island, but I know Rick was probably going to five towns music college at the time, right? Was that, yeah, would, would it be right? Yeah. yeah, that's, that's the deal. Interesting because, um, their studio is, uh, is still around today. That's where Afterbirth rehearses and writes all of our material. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I also see the guys from Dimension on in and out of there frequently. Yeah. So it's still a functioning studio. I, I got to get Pete, their engineer on the studio, on, on the uh, podcast. But so you do the Eva morning demo, um, and you guys actually did play live with a drum machine at one point, right? Yes. How, yes. Was we played, it, a, played a few times. Well, now, respectfully, that can go well, or it can. There's a lot of potential for that to not not work out for technical reasons, or not, you know, whatever, man. You know, it could it could even be yeah. not your fault. How did it go? Um, it, I I think I think it went well. I mean, I don't think uh, there was like a major. Uh, grew up i mean every everyone was on point you know which i'm glad everyone was i mean i mean like you pretty much pretty much have to be you know with a drum machine so yeah yeah um so 
All right, I, I want to kind of like skip ahead now. I, is there anything, you know, that you guys do change the name to Gray Skies Fallen at some point? I think that, what, was there another band with the name Eva Morning? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there was this really bizarre, like, email kind of uh, little flame war thing going on, argument going on. The other guy was really mad. And it was just like, you know, if, I mean, I know, I know this is obvious, but if, if anyone has like any sort of issue with someone else, you don't just go and like email someone and just say like crazy weird stuff. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if Rick still, still has those emails, but the other, the, um, the other Eve, Eve of morning, they were, they were pretty upset. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's all I remember about that. I'm I'm sure like Rick of 25 or whatever years ago was probably a, a lot very rational about his response too, man. Nah, <laughs> it, it it was a back and forth, and then I I I I stepped in. And I was like, I right, guys, come on, let's just stop because you know this this other this other Eva morning just kept like just being really insulting and really confrontational for like reasons that like you don't have to do that you know so yeah. i don't know some people all right man so you guys move on gray skies fallen yeah. because which is still the band name today gray skies yeah. fallen i know you guys did put out a demo before the full length in 99 anything of note with that demo um wait which are, are you speaking of the the Eve of Morning demo. Oh, um, well, now I'm into Gray Skies Fallen. Um, you guys, oh, is that is that when you oh, found? My, my, I'm sorry about that. My my memory is, I don't even remember that we did a demo. <laughs> we did a demo. Wait a minute. We did a demo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says it says demo ninety seven. It could have been some sort of promo tape that was passed out. You know, limited. But let's skip ahead because the. Okay, now now I remember. Okay. okay, wow, yeah, just like a a a lot of stuff has happened, and my you know to be honest, my my memory has always been kind of shot and iffy. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I uh, I think I think we did that that demo with a drum machine. I don't I don't I don't think we've done it with we we've uh, played played with a real drummer. But that's but that's when Rick met um, uh, Sal Gregory, the uh, infamous Grace Guys Fallen drummer. Well, wasn't I'm sorry, wasn't Aaron? Was Aaron Williams? Oh, Aaron! Oh my! Now, now you know what I'm talking about when I say my memory. <laughs> Dude, first of all, I'm, okay. I'm on oh, uh, yeah. I'm on Metal Archives. Aaron, I'm cheating. So, you know, it's okay. Aaron was more of a rock drummer like a straight up rock drummer, you know, nice guy, good, good, good guy. But, uh, you know, when, when we were doing the album, um, we were up in, uh, um, somewhere up upstate New York and, um, um, yeah. And no, you know, no, no, no disrespect, you know, to anyone, but um, there was a few parts 
that, you know, that he had trouble with and we had to do it over and over and over again. And there was some issue that we, we, we couldn't punch in at a certain spot. So we had to just like re, re record this whole, uh, like, you know, 13 minute song over and over again. <laughs> so that, that was like killing us. And then, you know, I mean, you know, good, you know, good guy to have around, but I mean, but, uh, and he, he, he did, you know, do, do a good job on the, uh, the, the first album, but, um, you know, when I, uh, think of drummers, you know, to, to be honest, uh, you know, Sal's, Sal's, you know, like one of the only guys that, that comes to mind. Fair enough. And I want to give Sal his due. We've spent a lot of time already yeah. talking about the demo and, and I want to get Aaron, I want to give Aaron an acknowledgement. And I, you know, when I do this yeah. podcast, I do kind of try to dig through the past and dig for little nuggets okay. on metal archives and discogs right. or wherever I, cause I, cause I'm trying to get little stories, but we can breeze past certain things too. But, but, but shout to okay. Sal. Um, Sal is obviously the long running drummer of Grace Guys Fallen and of my yeah. own band Buckshot Facelift and the butt of yeah. many, the butt of many jokes on this podcast <laughs> as a friend and a brother. I want to make that clear. Yeah. We're busting Definitely, balls yeah. and, you oh, know, yeah. Um, as a friend and a brother, uh, uh, in all, in all good faith, uh, regardless. Yeah. So the fate of angels comes out. Um, what did that, yeah. what did that do for the band? Do you remember stepping it up a notch? Um, or does that come a little bit later after the second album? Um, well, uh, to, to be honest with the first album, you know, we, we we played we played we played a a, a a few shows and um let's see how 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 do i put this you know um you know like i'm i'm not perfect everyone every every everyone everyone has their issues you know um you know some some people would you know not not resolve issues which is me you know leave and come back, leave, leave and come back. But I mean, that's all, that's, that's, that's all taken care of now. You know, that's all good. But I, I, I did leave after a little while after the second album. And, um, I think I, I left, I left before, um, uh, one, one, one of the metal fest, uh, which I did regret. But you know, it's it's you know, just like I said, it's all it's all good now. If I'm not mistaken, I think it might have been Ryan Lipinski of who was probably an unearthly trance at the time and is now in reeking aura yeah. with us. He I think he jumped in at that point, um, for the fest yeah. the way I've the yeah. way I've heard it. And we're talking about stuff that's like twenty, twenty three years ago or yeah. so. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we're not trying, okay. not trying to re rehash them. Just, this is just interesting for, yeah. for music fans, uh, fans yeah. of the fans of the band. So let me ask you this then. Um, you know, you were in and out with gray skies full and we're going to get to the album that, you know, the, the, um, the last album that you played on so far, I'll say, which was two way mirror, right? Yeah. Uh, well, well, um, no, no. Uh, the last album was, um, I mean, I mean, besides the new one was uh, in introspective. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Interesting. Okay, so um, uh, uh, fair enough. Well, I want to get to those later releases, but was there any yeah. other bands um, or projects that you were working on besides Gray Skies Fallen in like the you know the two thousands uh, up up until you rejoined Gray Skies? No, no. I I just you know I'm 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 the kind of guy that you know to be honest I I could just li- you know, live in my house just just writing songs for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I, 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 I wasn't doing, uh, you know, uh, much as, as far as, um, you know, like, you know, like releasing it as stuff, but I did write, I have, I, I can't even tell you how, how many like, like finished songs and, um, like probably like who, who know who knows how many riffs, riffs lying around here and there even with tapes with like four track tapes back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. There's all different approaches uh, to this whole band thing, man. I know a lot of people um, uh, that, that are, that are like that. So you come, you eventually come back into the band and you do participate in the, um, the two way mirror. Now I'll say this. There are people, when you talk about gray skies fallen, there's, there's distinct errors. Uh, the two first albums, were an era, and then after that, especially like with Two Way Mirror, Along Came Life, yeah. it, you veer into a very different atmosphere and kind of style of music. At sometimes um, veering more into like a psychedelic and progressive rock uh, uh, element more than even in, in, into metal. I, I just wanted to get your take on like. Uh, was it like a conscious decision that you're going in? Did you kind of like like come back into the fold one day and they were writing different material? Like, what's your take on that change stylistically in Gray Skies? Well, we we didn't want to be labeled as uh, you know like like just just another metal band, you know, because like we're 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 able to write to write so so much more to do to do so much more. You know, stuff uh, stuff with with music, and um, I mean, I I I I'm actually very very proud of that that album. Um, it was it was recorded it was recorded all all over the place, but um, you know, it came out very very well. Um, and yeah, I I have a lot of you know fond, fond memories with uh, Rick and Sal and and uh, Craig recording that one. Uh, yeah, and Jimmy White was on that as well. Yes, Jimmy. Jimmy <laughs> was that the first one with uh, Jimmy. Wait, say that again. The, that well, that would have been your first time working with Jimmy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. When um, actually the the first time I I um met him i was uh sitting down it, it was i i i think it was there i was uh sitting down playing and and like he's playing he looks at me he's like what is he tired or something why doesn't he get up man what is he <laughs> i'm just laughing like oh i love this guy <laughs> yeah i only yeah, I, I only got to meet Jimmy a few times, but he kind of li- lives in infamy uh, just due to hanging out with Rick and and I. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, no, I got a lot of love for Jimmy White. We wish him the best. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. A, a good bass player too, man. All all, all around original cat, man. So, uh, you guys do grace. You guys do um the the two way mirror and. Uh, I know there was also there was like a lot of uh, metal archives list that there was a documentary. I remember that was when Rossi was really into filming everything in the studio a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think I watched it. I mean, I, 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 I lived it. Uh, but I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't watched the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And, one of these days, I I I am gonna sit down and watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's you guys had a certain camaraderie, and it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, getting the full picture that like most of you guys, basically, you could say you grew up together, right? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Does that, All of us, yeah. Does that, yeah. The, the, the way, I mean, because you've said it yourself that you've been in and out of the band a few times. There was a very big yeah. gap over the years. Yeah. Um, do you think that plays into it, that it's kind of like you're always the same person to certain people if you grew up together? Yes, yes. And 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 the music, uh, the, the way, the way, each riff and, 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 and each song is uh, written, it's almost like, we 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 could we could read each other's minds you know cuz because because there are people that even even with uh like very very um accomplished bands when they write they don't know what they want how how they want it you know with us we don't we don't even have to really talk much we just play and it and it just comes out and it's just all like kind of how do I put it? It kind of like huh. neatly folds on the table, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, chest kiss. Mwah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, the, you you kind of, there's kind of like nothing that can replace um, like learned history uh, with other, yeah. with other musicians, you know? Definitely. So speaking of that, I definitely, and that, and that kind of like leans, it leads into, Umber Sound, your project, which, as I said, you just released your first full-length album, Count to Ten and Breathe. I definitely want to discuss that. Um, yeah. uh, and just quickly, there's there's just uh, two other kind of people I wanted to bring up from from your era of Grace Guys Fallen back in the day. And then, of course, yeah. we can talk into what's going on with Grace Guys Fallen currently. But um, Jimmy White, unfortunately, parts ways with the band, and you guys do yeah. the Along Came Life EP. Yeah. Uh, if you could maybe just give give me your your take on that and working on that and and also uh, Paul Laplaca, if I got his name right, was the bass player yeah. on that. He now works with Craig Rossi on Drift Into Black. Yeah. Um, is he's a musician that has some history in New York City and even Staten Island, no? Yeah. Um. I I remember seeing him with uh, October Thorns. Yeah. And I was like, oh damn these guys are good <laughs> so like when they would play i would kind of just like hang, hang by the side you know and and just watch them and be like oh of course i can't play like that but I'll, i will in, in enjoy the music <laughs> but uh yeah he played um the grace guys fallen i mean i i wasn't there at at the time but and i think the others can confirm this i i think he played uh he either played bass and or a whole a whole 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 guitar part but i'm not but i'm not i'm not really sure 
not entirely sure, and I wish I was. <laughs> oh, okay, man. I just, I, I just like to ask about the different people. And was that your, was that yeah. your last one, or was introspective your last one? Um, you know what? I'm not even sure. <laughs> fair, well, fair <laughs> enough. Everything's a blur to me. My whole life is a giant blur. <laughs> Sorry. It, no, it's all good. Well, because here's the thing, too. You 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 may have been around for the writing sessions or rehearsal sessions. These things, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm bringing up things from um uh definitely like t like 10 to 15 years ago and you were yeah. doing you you were doing your own thing for a while you do rejoin when did, when did you get back up with them about like how how many years has it been now a uh, few few years back yeah few few years and um but yeah it's been great it's it's been fun cuz that's you know that's pretty much uh i mean of course like we all have jobs of course but of course my uh as as, as corny as 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 it sounds, you know, you know, the whole, the whole life calling is, uh, you know, pr pretty much playing music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the whole thing for me. And I'd rather do that than anything else. <laughs> I mean, look, some people have a lot of success with music, uh, yeah. and, I, and you know, I wish them that wish them the best, but I think for like 99 out of a hundred, maybe the odds are even worse than that of people mm. who aspire to music, especially if you're into metal or like a more niche type yeah. of, you know, music. Mm -hmm. I, I think the real question of, of your dedication is like when you accept, when you accept that you have to get a job that isn't the music and do make the music, your kind of, uh, muse, your passion in life. You know what I mean? For, for yeah. some of us, for some of us, I don't want to speak for everyone. Yeah. 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 Um, but all right. So now you, you rejoin gray skies fallen. I know you've been very active with them. I, you know, I'm kind of privy to behind the scenes stuff. I know you've been writing with them yeah. and, and, and it's kind of re-energized the band, uh, the last yeah. few years. Um, does that play into Umber sound? Is there like a Umber, you know, I know with Umber sound, you put out the, um, the first demo or, or EP, maybe we should say last year, uh, January of, of, uh, 2022. Was there like. Were you kind of inspired by rejoining Gray Skies? Like, I want to do my own thing too now. Like, there's a lot of music fire firing off the brain, or? Well, um, uh, how how do I put this? Uh, I noticed um, I I you know feel feel much better when I uh, I mean, of course, I I love I I love I, I love playing with with Gray Skies, but like with the Umber Sound thing, it's more it's. If, if this makes any sense at all, it's more more like a therapy thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. I... So yeah, yeah. So like I keep, you know, so I write, I write, write, write like a, a lot of you know personal stuff that, and and I uh, just try to let it let it all out, and it and it does come out. So I, I kind of need that, or else I'll just I'll completely go insane. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think it's probably a similar situation with a lot of people I interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of deeply personal music out there, especially the style. Um, yeah. For like I said earlier, I think fa people who are familiar with Gray Skies Fallen, especially the more metal eras of Gray Skies Fallen, might yeah. see this as a natural progression for you. Um, most hmm. most of the material is. You know, it's it's doom metal. Uh, I think, for lack yeah. of, I don't want to box you in and frame you in, but you know, just for the listeners to give them idea of, of something you've been working on. Um, for for you though, as as like the artist, as is, are you are you exploring things that you necessarily wouldn't 
bring to the table in Gray Skies Fallen? Are you taking a different role in the writing uh, than, than maybe you would have in the past? You know, like, are you exploring things that you that you wouldn't have because it's your own personal project? Um, uh, how do, how do I answer that? Well, I, I went on, when, when I, when I'm like, the, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just never like, you know, uh, really, re, re, really, really spoken about this. Like, like, like out, out loud before about, about to say it anyway. Like when I, when there's like a moment that like, it's like a certain feeling you know, I'll just write and write and write, and what whatever comes out, you know, I'll 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 put the umber sound. And when when I when I write with uh, Gray Scott, it's more of, of like a team effort. You know, it's all of us. Got you know, pretty yeah. much like 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 all of our brains making one giant brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Fair enough. And something I saw that was interesting, I should say this is this stuff is available on Bandcamp. That's why I was listening to it. Um, yeah. uh, you first released Sense of Place in January 2022, like I said, and there was a note that that was funded and supported by the New York City Arts Grant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, my, my, my wife and I, uh, she, she is an artist. Uh, she, uh, she is a, uh, uh, college professor and we, we, we both got, uh, grants, uh, separate grants, but I, but, you know, since this is the first time something like this happened with that one. I um I I I didn't want to go like like heavy at all. So like I I was just trying to write like as as light as I can. And uh, uh so I mean it 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 came out well, you know, there um and there actually are are a, a couple of heavy songs on there cuz like I I couldn't really help myself. So um but yeah, uh, I, I I I I applied for a grant and we we got it pretty much, <laughs> which well, is like okay, you know. All right. This is amazing. Yeah. Now I don't. First of all, I don't want to get in your pockets, and I don't want to ask you to like slow right. walk me and the listeners through the process of applying for a grant. But this is something. Yeah. As someone who's been doing music as long as I have, I've always assumed yeah. because I do underground death metal that this isn't even an avenue to explore. But in reality, and another it thing... It, it totally yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, well, I was just going to say, we've always heard these 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 rumors or stories of the Norwegian guys and the Swedish guys getting paid by the government to play satanic mm. black metal in the 90s. I don't know how much truth mm. there is to that or exaggeration. But, but yeah, I mean, Joe, if you could elaborate on that, like, you know, you've obviously had a positive experience. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, uh, people um, are, are are starting to look at metal and all 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 the, the genres of it as as an actual art form. I mean, I I remember when it wasn't even considered anything. You know, this is an art. You know, like so. And now it 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 made 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 a complete turnaround. So if you know uh, any. 
any bands out there or, or someone who has any, any kind of music project, you know, project, please do it. Please. Yeah, and I would just encourage, so so it says, on from, this is what I got off your band camp, the New York City Arts Grant, NYFA. What's that, New York Fine Arts? Yes, and, and NYFA, yeah, New York Fine Arts. Okay, so if people found this podcast, they can obviously Google that or look for something similar yeah. in their town, city, wherever they live. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure there's some countries and some areas where there's a little bit more support for the arts than others. That's a contentious issue, but it's definitely worth looking into. Even if you say, "Oh, well, I do, I do death metal, I do this, I do that," yeah. whatever you do, man. Um, you know, it's something I'm going to explore myself in in the future, man. Um, but I just wanted to get that out there. I found that very interesting. And with all the people I yeah. interview and all the times I look on Bandcamp and look on different platforms for music, I very rarely see something like that. So yeah. it's something that maybe as in, in underground metal, we need to start looking at more too, because I know there's other forms of music that get that type of funding, you know? So maybe it's just a matter of, of, uh, of asking and being the squeaky wheel, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, you know, just, uh, if, if you do get it, just, just make sure you, 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 you keep all your receipts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. It's probably, it's probably also yeah. a quick way to get into trouble if you're, yeah. if, if you do some sloppy accounting, man, I hear you. Um, uh, gotta be re- responsible about that sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, so, so, all right. So this, this album that you put out, I should also mention you, you put out the chaos at level Omega, um yeah ep in july of 2022 um i don't know you know obviously we're here to promote your album count to 10 and breathe but yeah. but i don't want to leave that out and do you want to just talk about the progression of the project as you reach this um this album that you've that you've written and and like what what role that that ep played um i i just i just wanted to to stick to being heavier to you know to, to be honest um i mean i love uh you know, putting put, putting putting different elements in the music, but um, w- with that one, I I I just wanted to you know uh, stay stay heavy and get heavier and heavier, pretty much. But I mean, <clears throat> I you know you know j- you're just just like I said, there's like a level of like I guess. I don't know, uh, like, like a kind of like a Floydian thing going on there at, at, uh, some point, but, um, I, 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 I always, I, I always try to keep the heaviness at, at, in, in the center because, because, because that first Umber Sound, uh, project i mean i'm 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 happy i'm 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 very happy that i got the grant but you know i i don't want to stay too light you know <laughs> yeah yeah i i i hear you man um and with well with count to 10 and breathe it's a very heavy album but yeah. there's a lot of atmosphere and when you say keep the yeah. heavy in the center it is like it is heavy through and through but there's a lot of more lighter atmospheric moments to it um, but there's also some moments that are even like I, I would say there's a, there's there's some some death metal elements in there. Um, was now here's here's something. Was this your first time doing uh, uh, death metal vocals? Yep, that was my first time do, doing death metal vocals. I uh, practiced actually for a few months 
you know, going the, you know, try, trying to look up as much as I can exercises, uh, you know, breathing tips, anything, any, 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 anything that, that has to do with, do do with, uh, death metal growls. I just, I just, you know, step by step, little by little. And I, and I just, I just worked my way and just kept doing it. And like, and, and then I, I said, I said to myself, you know what, I'm, 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 I, I, I might just do half singing, half, half death metal vocals from now on. And like, why, why didn't I do this earlier too? <laughs> you feel like you had like a little bit of a creative breakthrough maybe or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I never even tried and I didn't even think I could do it. So it's <laughs> huh. like, be, be, because, be, be, because, because you hear other people do it and, you know, either they do it, they do it effortlessly and, and, and they're very good or they're like, they sound like just some, some, some regular guy trying to sound like a death metal band, you know? <laughs> you know? So I was like, Oh, I could actually kind of do this. Huh. Okay. Let's, let's work on this. Fair, yeah. Fair enough, man. Um, all right, dude. So, I, I'm, like I said, I do really recommend this album to the to the listeners. There's a lot going on in it. Uh, it's obviously a deeply personal album for you. Very inspired, I would say. Um, Thanks. Uh, of course. What are you, now? Let, let me ask you this: What are your plans for? Uh, do Do you have like a, an idea for the future of this project? Um, you know, possibly even going live with with some form of backing, or is it just like a personal studio project? Um, I, I hope to, uh, be, become a, uh, live band, but I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in, uh, like, like playing, uh, constant sh shows with, with Umber Sound, just like, uh, make it, make it like a small event and, uh, and right now I'm, I'm in the middle of, uh, you know, you know, throwing out some ideas about uh, about about the concept of the live show, without making it like really corny, you know. So, yeah, you know, it's a whole process. But but for now, I'm I'm just going to um, uh, just 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 keep recording, and just keep writing songs, pretty much. Okay, man. And on that note, um, maybe you could just give us uh, a little update. Uh, on Gray Skies Fall and um, and what's going on? I you know Rick has kind of been updating us through the uh, yeah. you know the, the last few months about what's been going on and and there's uh, you know I know there's there's an album and there's you know some so I, I just want to get your take on it and I also don't want to like sp spill any beans because at this point I'm not sure what he said on the podcast or what he said to me like personally behind the scenes. Oh yeah, yeah he uh, he he posted a, a, about the uh, signing. Yeah, which okay. I'm very, very, very happy for. Grateful, happy, and just you know, wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, Pro Profound Lore Records. I've always had a great um, experience as an artist working with a band mm. that was signed to Profound Lore Records. Never had anything bad to yeah. say about uh, Chris Bruni and, and his label. Men um, always, mm. they've, they've always supported the bands that I was in that that were working with the label. So I was very excited when yeah. you guys were kind of like brought into the fold. I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, 
it's it's I really you know the, the, that, well that's that's one thing too, Joe. I mean, just to acknowledge, you and I don't know each other as well as certain other members of our circle. Like you know, just because like you 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 weren't you weren't in Buckshot Facelift for like you know fifteen years and whatever else, yeah. man. So it's like I, I I really do enjoy that we have this extended network of people through you know yeah, great gray skies fall and even you know like Terrell's band Thetis and yeah. um and and you know Tom who you know your gray skies fall's current bass player who yeah. I I mean I've known Tom since we were like twelve years old going to I like to you know the, the way you know oh, wow. Rick so it's like yeah it's just all it's all mixed up now and I I really do take pride in our crew of musicians so I was really just happy when uh gray skies fallen was kind of um uh, given that that elevation and given that platform, uh, I, th- I think that's a great look. What's the new album going to be called? Are you allowed to tell us? Uh, you know, I'm not entirely sure about that, so I don't know. I don't want to like say something and then you know what I mean. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I kind of know what you mean, man. And uh, Rick actually gave me a test pressing of the new album. Oh. I, I can say that because it's not like I'm like leaking the songs or something, but because yeah. um, I saw him over the weekend, man, he he, uh, he told me to check it out, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I um very excited for the new Gray Skies Fallen album. People could obviously just follow Profound Lore Records now on social media uh, and Gray Skies Fallen for, for more information on when that's dropping and uh, let Profound Lore know you're excited for that one. And you can obviously, after this discussion, I hope people go back and check out all the music that we talked about, including, I'm going to say it one more time, that brand new uh, Umber Sound album, Count to Ten and Breathe, that you put out this year. Um, and, uh, Joe, you've been very generous with your time. I'm just going to ask you now if you could please recommend for uh, us and the listeners just one uh, older and one newer piece of music, any album, EP, demo, metal or otherwise, just something from back in the day and something a little more recent that you like to listen to. Uh, okay, something old. Uh, I, I I would recommend people to listen to um, pretty much any of the uh, the older uh, My, My Dying Bride albums, uh, mainly because of... Um, they they had this drummer uh his 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 name is Rick and if 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 there if there are any drummers out there or 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 anyone that even even loves music once you hear this guy play drums he's he's the ultimate like he knows what to play and when to play it and it it just hits at such a perfect time you know, and like you, you, you just have to listen to it. <laughs> and something new. Let me see something, something new. Um, you know what? I have I like tons of new bands, but my my mind's completely drawing a blank, dude. Fair enough, man. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I I will ask you to hit us with maybe one more old school one then. Uh, one more old school album. Let me see. I would say, uh, uh, Candlemass, Epicus, Wow, Doomicus, Metallicus. It's it's it, it's with with the old singer, the the uh, the, the the first singer. Great great EP, great album. 
A hundred percent. These these are things that Rick has gotten me into a little bit over the years. Just you know, like playing it while we're in the van on tour and things like that. Um, yeah. And it's that that's what I was getting at before with the Staten Island. I'm from Long Island. I grew up yeah. around a lot of real blue collar, um, very street level type of people. Just the idea that this like kind yeah. of romantic gothic kind of doom metal that is very mm. popular in Europe at the time springs up in our backyard and in Staten Island, man. I, I've, I respect it though, because it's, I mean, it's not like any of the music is bad. It's just an yeah. unlikely, um, it's an un- unlikely situation, man, but I really do respect it. And I'm glad that Umber yeah. sound is adding to the legacy of Staten Island doom metal. So nice. with that being said, Joe, as I said, you're very generous with your time tonight. Um, thank you so much. Any parting words for fans of your music and listeners of the show? Uh, no, just, uh, thank you very much for, for having me. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I hope to, um, you know, be beyond it, beyond again and, and, and pretty much just, just keep writing. And that's about it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, you're welcome back anytime, man. And uh, next time you have something to promote, um, feel free to give me a call, man. You know, if, if you can't get a hold of me, you can get a hold of my friends. Uh, that's for sure, man. Joe, thanks a lot. And have a great night, brother. You too. Take care. Okay, man. Thank you to Joe D. Uh, please check out that Umber Sound album um, that we've been kind of plugging throughout the interview. Appreciate him, man, and also the new Grace Guys Fallen album drive. It's all happening at once. Rick, Rick you still with me? You're, you're... Yeah, um, right. yeah. We're we're busy guys. Joe's Joe Joe's got that uh, that project Umber Sound that we've been talking about, and uh, everybody really <laughs> was taken aback when we heard it. It's really good shit, and uh, you know, just trying to get the word out as well. Yeah, yeah, man. And um, on that note, we're going to get the word out on a couple of recommendations. we got some classic death metal albums that we're, that we're going to talk about. And um, now that I took you out of the, the soundproof chamber while I interviewed Joe D to make sure that all everyone's stories lined up, um, uh, we're going to talk about a, 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 an obscure Staten Island metal gem after these recommendations, too, that I'm going to throw at you, man. So, Rick. Can't wait. I'm going to give you the gentleman's turn. Um, I've been talking a long time now. What's your recommendation for tonight? It's a uh, record that came out in 1997, Swedish band called Gates of Ishtar. Hmm. And the uh, record is The Dawn of Flames. And uh, that album, um, I got remastered in, I guess, 2014 or something of that nature with a new album cover, which I prefer the old one because it's very, very cheesy. And uh, yeah, so I threw that at you. It's um, see, I'm not sure if that's kind of up your uh, alley there, the melodic black metal. But um, yeah, I love this record. I really did enjoy this. Um, it's try to think of the, the, there. Are a lot of things came to mind. It's first of all the production, the performance, and the production. Everything is airtight. 
Um, Swano, Swano production, okay, by the way. Fair enough. There, that answers yeah. that answers that question. Yeah. yeah. Well, because here's the thing: this kind of it checks a few boxes. It's kind of like of the black metal and death metal of the time. Right. But I had I had kind of like a thought, like it was like this type of metal. It's like that melodic. Sometimes we refer to it as doom, but it's not the slow, you know, stoner Black Sabbath influenced doom. But this kind of stuff gets called doom, too. It has that more like romantic, gothic kind of very mm-hmm. melodic. And I said to myself the same way that this is death metal, but it retains a lot of influence from maybe Dio and Iron Maiden in terms of the guitar work and the types of harmonies. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. It's almost like the same way a lot of New York bands chose to emulate maybe New York hardcore and even hip hop in some ways with the grooves and the kind of the breakdowns, you know, it's just a different, um, different, different, like niche, different subgenre of death metal altogether. And this is a great example of it because, you're a lot more in 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 this lane than I am um, with this type of metal, and I mean, we just talked about with Joe D. We talked about my dying bride, and we talked about all the, all these bands from back in the day that um, were a big inspiration to Gray Skies Fallen, and the, we mm-hmm. talked about how uh, there's kind of a doom metal scene on Staten Island with a few bands, including yourselves, which is you know you know kind of like surprising because everyone associates New York City with with New York hardcore and things, and yeah. all I'm getting at is that um, a lot of these bands from the 90s, what I can't get over is I really enjoy some of their earlier material where they were death metal, and then when they do this, there's some awkward steps sometimes with other albums like this. Like, the keyboards on this are airtight. The synth- Whoever was playing keys on this and composed... Was it Dan Suano? Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> well, that, well, no, there you go, because sometimes yeah. with these mid-90s doom metal albums that are, like, influenced by death metal, like, sometimes, the, you know, you can tell it's maybe, like, the guy in the neighborhood who had a keyboard. You know, it's not right. necessarily, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not up to... Totally. And those, yeah. and those keyboards back in the early and mid-90s weren't great. Like, it's, yeah. you know, you needed, you needed really good, high-quality uh, equipment to get those, you know, good sounds that kind of stand up today. A lot of 90s synths, don't, uh, they sound very dated today yeah i and i think that's the thing is that i realized i do like this style when it's executed this well i'm just not as forgiving with it as i am with like more amateurish recordings of death metal and grind because that's my lane you know what i mean that's all i'm saying and and um so yeah all i'm saying is this is a standout album and even if people are not necessarily inclined to that very melodic uh, and kind of like black metal influence style of death metal that that takes a lot from the melodic Swedish um, style. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good example of something that stands out. And you know, you nailed it, Dan Swano. Of course, that's that's obviously why it's a little bit more standout than some of the more like amateur recordings of that era. And you know, a lot of those bands. Too, I'm not trying to knock anyone. A lot of those bands were probably like the first metal band trying to do something in their local studio that recorded polka music <laughs> and whatever. So um, that's that's all I have to say. I'll leave it there. And they have, uh, I believe they had one more record after. They had one previous album and one uh, album after this. And, uh, you know, it's it's really unbelievable that I, I haven't heard that one. Uh, so that's on me. And, uh, yeah, I got to get I gotta get on the ball there for the, the, the final album. I think it came out two years after this one. Um, but, yeah, I always liked this band. And, um, you know, they, they come up here and there, uh, but they're not. They're not too uh, talked about, too widely uh, spoken of. So maybe get, you know, put it out there for some people to get into. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Maybe that, that that other album would be a good thing to bring on another episode in the future. Man, that's why we do this because nobody is a computer that can just download the whole history of metal into their head. Like we we're we're constantly going backwards and trying to keep up with newer releases. It's the scene. Yeah, the scene some is people explosive. may need a starting point with a certain band here. Start with this record and then mm-hmm. go forward or go backwards or do whatever. But here's a good starting point, you know, for a particular band. That's what I like to do. You know? You, you know what? And maybe I'm only saying this because it's just one of the other few bands in this um, subgenre of Death Doom that I really love. But remember, I recommended that band Portal, the Swedish, yeah, the Swedish band Portal. CD. Yeah, yeah. This kind of rings in like the same way because it's because the they nail it. The performance it's it's such like an, uh, a regal kind of traditional power metal and heavy metal influence style of Death Doom that like you really have to nail it. In terms of the performance, and these guys, do. Totally, I'll, I'll, I'll totally. leave it there, man. Um, Rick, what what is the 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 band and the album? One more time for Tom. Gates of Ishtar. The album is The Dawn of Flames. All right. Um, now I'm bringing in something. I, there, I, I felt like I just like there's a few parallels with the album I'm bringing in and the album that we just talked about. I want to talk about probably not for the first time on this podcast. I do remember talking about it um, a few years ago, but gutted uh, bleed for us to live. Um, gutted is a band from Toledo, Ohio, uh, of which, according to Metal Archives, the band members are all brothers. Um, this this bleed for us to live album indeed they they do all bear the last name ditch with the exception with the exception of guitarist billy mills but I, i'm not right. going to get in someone's family tree they could all very well be related i, I would also say rest in peace to michael ditch uh, as of mm. 2014 that's unfortunate but on the follow-up record there were that other gentleman with the uh, different last name was not a part of so the <clears> follow-up <throat> the final self-titled album oh. it was just the brothers got it got it. i i'd really love to reach out to these guys and get their version of the story um, and they started off as Demigod, interesting enough, and changed their name to, to Gutted. But, you know, enough with the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, this is this is a great album. And before I kind of went on a little tangent about how, you know, like New York bands maybe, New York death metal bands incorporated a little hardcore, Swedish bands maybe incorporated a little Iron Maiden. This band, and I'm not, I'm not going to credit it to their regional scene. I don't know enough to, to, to say that. But I actually bought this on vinyl from Timmy at Record Reserve uh, here in Huntington. And if people can go back a few years, we interviewed Timmy, the owner of our local record store here in Huntington. I remember that. Who also was in a um, uh, a pioneering death metal band in the 80s. Uh, he has an interesting story, Timmy. We're going to get him back. But uh, I, I, I saw him post this on Instagram, this gutted album, and I have a long history with this album. And um, it's it's hard to acquire on vinyl. It's it's uh, um, out of print, I believe, or you know, all the copies are you know they go quick. And Timmy gave it to me for a reasonable price, so I appreciate that. But something he said about this that I interestingly enough never figured out on my own. He said it almost sounds like an Exodus or a Testament album. Um, well, dude, I, I hear yeah. thrash elements throughout that uh, throughout that album. You know, it was the first thing I not the first thing I noticed, but death metal. They, 
sorry to interrupt you, man. First nope. of all, but Please these, go. these guys kind of yeah. gave me that obituary, ball thrower, autopsy kind of vibe with with the thrash elements that you mentioned. Yeah. I, I was because these guys are probably you know this album was what ninety four, so you figure they grew up in the eighties. They grew up on all that shit, obviously, so it would rub off. Yeah, uh, yeah, ninety four too, which is, I think it was a little ahead of its time. Um, great, great album, and I. I actually got this on CD used at none of the above records. I don't know who cleared out their death metal collection right as I was getting into death metal and getting rides out there from a friend, but I, I got a lot of good stuff. And this, this was one of them still don't know what, what became of the CD. It got lost over the years, but it was one of my first things I acquired when I was like maybe 16 or 17 years old, getting into all this stuff. And the cover art alone was is still, you know, lives in my imagination. It's it's one of the sickest album covers in heavy metal history, death it metal, cool. death yeah. metal or otherwise. It's it's you know it's an amazing visual image. It makes you want to like whatever you're about to hear. If you're like a young you know teenage metalhead trying to figure things out, the logo is sick too. Um, and I I believe it did have the parent parental advisory explicit lyrics. I'm looking on Metal Archives, and they have a print. It probably would have when I bought it too. So that that's a bonus in the '90s as a teenager. But um, I didn't have the um the homework done. I didn't have the you know the experience as like you know a 16 year old to know about Exodus and Testament. You know, Thrash. I'm of a generation, or I'm, I'm not going to blame it on my generation, but I, you know, I I wasn't exposed to the 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 thrash metal and, and like Slayer and and those foundational bands as a as a teenager and as a preteen. I got into that stuff like after I got into death metal and hardcore, um, because death metal and hardcore were, were what was you know big to me as a teenager. So I didn't really appreciate that about the gutted album when I was a teenager, when I was listening to it in high school a lot. To me, it um it just kind of rang as like a very catchy album and it, and it it made sense to listen to that even though I was listening to a lot of internal bleeding and suffocation and, and brutal death metal because of those thrash elements and those groove elements they were thrown in there with the more brutal death metal vocals it's it's a really catchy album you know yeah you you also have your slam elements in there too you yeah. mentioned internal bleeding yeah. but like not full on like you know that kind of style but it's in there in, in points where you can totally hear like the, the you could see picture the pit opening at that point you know what i mean yeah and for 94 for these guys to be combining like really cool catchy thrash elements and like you know death metal groove um in a convincing way it's a, it's it's definitely a standout album and kind of like you said um, about the band you recommend. I'm not as familiar with the rest of their catalog. I, you know, as a teenager, I bought a few used CDs and this was one of them and it will always like live on in my mind. I have like breezed through their catalog and looked up some other bands that members were in over the years. Um, and I'd like to maybe get some of them on the horn for an interview if, if possible. But, uh, you know, th th there's, this, there's a lot more to explore with this band is all I'm going to say. So, um, Rick, I'm going to dig in. Yeah, I'm going to dig into their previous, uh, their next album too. Yeah, yeah, it's maybe be interesting to hear the one um, with just all the brothers uh, on on this man. And I'm I'm looking now. I think most of it, it seems like most of these guys aren't doing much musically. Um, there is a band called Blood and Bone that has one of the brothers, uh, Mark Ditch, in it. Apparently, I'm gonna do some research and get back to the listeners at a later date with all this. But for now, check out Gutted. 
uh, "Bleed for Us to Live Where You Can." It's um, I know I know it was reissued a few times, but it always sells out. Repulsive Echo Records did a series of reissues most recently. That's that's the edition I got, and it's it's kind of hard to get. So check it out, man. Um, if you can, Rick. Any final thoughts? No, it's good. Uh, good album. Totally. Uh, that you know. That that style. If if I'm gonna if I'm gonna listen if I'm gonna listen to that kind of style of uh, of death metal, this is a good one to uh, go to. And I'm glad you uh, showed it to me. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, thanks, thanks for taking the time, man. And and Tom, thank you for taking the time to punch up gutted bleed for us to live. back rick and um here's the thing what's up i was talking to a guy before joe d yeah. he told me about another guy steve from cities <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah our old guitar teacher yeah man he told me a story uh that, that you guys learned guitar from this well first of all that's kind of cool that you guys are grace guys phone still to this day you're putting out a new album and you and like you were learning guitar from the same guy but i looked up the album um oh, yeah, I, yeah it, it, I, annihilation absolute yeah now now when he said cities i'm you know i'm thinking look it's like what the late 80s early 90s back early then. 80s early to mid 80s was there it was their height they yeah. they played with metallica at, at lamore so you're talking 84 three maybe 84 they were playing they're thanked in kill em all so if you re pick up kill em all and look at the very few bands metallica thanks cities is one of i stand corrected because when joe d said that while i was interviewing him i did not know cities i figured a band named cities the 80s staten island probably glam metal you know what i mean featuring aj Pirro on drums twisted yeah. sisters aj Pirro yeah on drums i was record. i was wrong i took a listen this is a fucking cool album it's yeah. it's a really good metal album. It's like kind of it, it's it's awesome. it, it almost reminded me of the first Queensryche, Armored uh, Queensryche EP, kinda, yeah. but with like a more of a tough kind of New York factor in there. That's you know, cool. yeah, dude. I think Steve was sixteen when he did that record. Man, he was very. <laughs> I was sixty years old. He was an he's an amazing guitar player, dude. When when I when when I first started going to him, it was it was. I had been playing guitar for a, a few years and, uh, you know, sitting down with this guy who was like, it was like he could play any, you know, he was like any of those metal shredders, but he, he had a very kind of maybe like a neoclassical style to him in a, in a sense. Uh, he had another band called Dark Black Pest. Mm. That was around 93. It's on Spotify. Not many people uh, listen to that album. That album uh, came out when I was first started uh, taking lessons from him. It was it was him and um, a vocalist, and it was kind of like uh, a, a Alice in Chains kind of stuff. But <laughs> good shit, man. If you like Alice in Chains, it, it's in that style. But this guy, th this guy was an extremely talented guitar player, and uh, me and Joe were fortunate to uh, to pick his brain for a couple of years that we did. Um, and uh, that that a guitar. On the cover of that album, it's it's a it's a painting, right, of them uh, yeah. performing. The guitar that Steve is playing in that album and on the photos of the album, 
and the guitar he played on the album, the Gibson Explorer, I purchased from him one day. And so I used to own that guitar and I foolishly sold it. Oh, um, yeah, I foolishly sold it. But he had modified it. He put a Floyd Rose tremolo on it, which Gibson's don't usually have. So, you know, and, and the neck, the neck from where his thumb was, all the paint was rubbed off. And that was the thing with all his guitars, the paint on the back of the neck was gone from his thumb sliding up and down. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, I played I played for 13, 14 hours a day. I'm like, what? You played for 14 hours a day. That's awesome. I mean, how do you even like you don't do anything for 14 hours a day, but hey, that's how you get that good, I guess, right? So uh and that's how you wear paint off the back of your guitar necks. So Damn. yeah, I'm, something I've never done. Uh was it Steve uh Miranovich? That's right. Yeah, yep. I'm I'm looking him up right now. Um Circle of Thorns. Uh, might be a band that he he might currently be involved in. It doesn't, uh, that doesn't that was X. a while ago. He might yeah. still do that. Um, actually, the um, Dark Black Past. Um, at one point, the, the the record that I was telling you about has a drum machine on it. But they they got uh, Carl Wilcox to play drums, and he was the drummer in Diamond Head. So at one point, Diamond Head, the fucking English heavy metal band that influenced Metallica. So I was thinking, um, we used to see dark black past all the time they used to play you know lamore they used to play staten island a lot of open shows that we would go to joe and i so yeah they had the drummer from um from diamond head playing for them and they were really they were a fucking good band man apparently it well this is according to metal archive so i don't know how accurate it'll be but apparently they might still be um together the only listed musician would be sal main the bass player so i don't know what's going on with them now but they never put out anything after that Annihilation Absolute album. But that was um, 1986 on Metal Blade Records. Definitely worth a shot, especially in this episode. You know, we were talking about that Gates of Ishtar record that was influenced by uh, Iron Maiden and more more traditional heavy metal. This is like, like I said, it kind of has that Armored Saint Queensryche vibe, but yeah. with a little First bit. First Anthrax album, maybe. Yeah, yeah a little, little bit of New York edge, man. This this is a cool fucking thing. You know, it, it, it's like I said before, it was my own ignorance when I when I said, oh, cities, that must be like some glam metal shit. No, this was, you know, this was a really cool find, man. So um, just cool to know that, that you and, and Joe D came up. What, what was it like uh, learning from this guy? Like what kind of guitar teacher was he? He was very chill. Um, you know, we used to call him Brad Pitt because he looked like Brad Pitt with long, like from uh, what, what was that movie when he had long hair? He looked just like him. It was, it was like Brad Pitt playing guitar. Uh, the Visions of the Fall or Legends of the Fall. Legends whatever. of the Fall, yeah. So we used to make fun of him. You know, Brad yeah. Pitt, you know, playing guitar. But he was very chill and, and he would show us, you know, he would show us how to break down. You know, I'm not a theory guy and I don't think Joe is either. So we go into these things like, you know, we, we taught ourselves by ear, really, you know, so Steve kind of broke things down for us in certain ways where, um, you know, we, we, we were able to take it, um, I, I would take his lessons and use them in our in our music. So even though I'm not the flashiest guitar player, um, I could see a lot of the things he rubbed that he had taught me kind of rubbed off on me and like lead, lead my solos and stuff um, or my, my riffs, some of the some of the way I, I write riffs are kind of from from the things he showed me back in the day so he was a good teacher I, I we were only or i was only there for maybe about two years with him two or three years once a week um i the one thing i do remember he he lived in a condo and and you know and it was in the summertime there was no air conditioning so huh. i remember just sitting there dripping dripping with sweat while i was playing and i was like oh well, 
it's making me work harder, I guess. And I don't know. It was a weird thing, but I remember that. And um, he was, he was a good, good, good dude. He's still around, uh, still, still uh, shredding once in a while. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, once in a while, he'll uh, post some stuff, him playing. He still got it, man. Yeah. That's awesome to know, man. With that being said, maybe that's a perfect note to le- to le- let Tom uh, ring out a little bit of um, City's uh, 1986 Metal Blade album, uh, Annihilation Absolute. Right, man. Uh, and we're back, man. So I, I, we're back from Staten Island. Um, we paid the ridiculous toll. I'm, I'm back home in, in Long Island. $20, I think the Verrazano is now. Or 22 or something. Oh, my God. When I was a kid, I remember it was maybe 250 And then they would raise it by a quarter. And people would fucking go crazy and protest and shit. And one, you'll see a picture. Of it, they raised it to $3. And there was, like, protests and shit. You wow. Know? So... Now it's twenty two dollars, and, and every bridge on the island. If you want to get off that that island, you don't pay to get off; you pay to come back. So once you get on the bridge to come back, you're paying twenty bucks right off the bat. So it, it's uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really a rip off. I don't know. I don't know how to get away with it, and they keep raising that shit. So I'm gone from there. <sighs> I, I put in my forty years. How you doing? The dystopian financial eclipse. <laughs> That is the tri-state area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, hard, hard, hard to live here, man. Yeah, imagine why I just do a little niche death metal band. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> good thing up. we ain't doing this to uh, to eat. You understand? <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> thing. I'm saying. Good thing I'm not doing this to eat, bro. <laughs> right. Well, same here, man. Because uh, oh man, if you're if you're in the if you're in the game of uh, uh, underground death metal, looking to make a buck, you might want to uh, play a different game. Yeah, so, that's how I see things. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of different perspectives out there, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, regardless, we appreciate Joe D's perspective. Um, talking about that Umber Sound, man. Everybody, go check that out. Uh, he's got it available on Bandcamp and streaming platforms. Um, check One out. quick thing about about Joe and his music. Uh, the song that's going to premiere today or tomorrow, like I said, I'm not sure when this episode drops, but early in the first week of the year. Yeah. When the new Grace Guys um, song uh, comes out, that song is called Knowing That You're There. And there was a demo that Joe made back in 1999. And it had it was uh, a drum machine kind of just riffs that he had written. And, and those riffs kind of stuck in my mind for 20 years. And when it came time to putting this record together, we we took that demo and we molded it into this song. So it's like... You know, stuff that Joe, and he didn't even remember. Like, I, I think there was one point he didn't even remember, like, what is this? <laughs> what is this song? And, and it's like, you you recorded this 20 years ago, and, and now we're going to we're gonna put it on, we're going to change it around a bit and put it on the record. So it shows you, like, you know, throw away stuff that you might not think about you're, can 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 be utilized uh, down the line and, and, and molded into something, something really good. So we hope you all enjoy that. 
Yeah, man. I've uh, I've kept a lot of scraps of lyrics and song titles in my um, notebook, and over the years, I've had one band reject a song title, and it ended up on an album from another band. So you never know. That's what happens. You know, sometimes sometimes it fits thematically with something better somewhere down the line. You never know, man. You know, don't. Yep. I know a lot of guitarists that tra- that will write whole songs and you know layer parts and then trash the whole thing and. I don't know. Everyone's got a different process, but um, you know, there's been a few few times where I where I was like, no, man, it's a good song. We shouldn't do that. But you, you know, at the same time, you can't convince somebody if they really want to get rid of something they wrote and and start from scratch. You know. Yeah, I've been there, man. Yeah, totally. But um, regardless, man, we appreciate you guys bearing with us this long. Please, please uh, check out all the music we just discussed, including that new Gray Skies Fallen track. It's called Knowing You're There. Knowing that you're there. Knowing that you're there. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I shortened it to the it's Long good. Island version. Knowing that you're there, the new single uh, right. the, off of the uh, the forthcoming Gray Skies Fallen album on Profile. March Lord, 8th. March 8th, on Pro, just in time for St. Patrick's Day for Sal. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to celebrate twice as hard. <laughs> yeah, he will. Oh, no, that's bad. Profound Lore Records, man. Um, shout out to Bruni. Heavy Hole Podcast on the on the old Patreon, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com, and Heavy Hole Podcast voicemail. The number should be in the description wherever you're listening to this, man. We appreciate you guys. Um, did, did we get everything, Rick? I, th- I think we, I think we it covered. Sounds just, like we did, man. Yeah, I think we just covered covered just about everything, man. Uh, we got some great interviews and episodes coming up. I'm trying to branch out who I'm talking to. Uh, international people a little bit more, people that aren't necessarily artists but are involved in metal some way a little bit more. So stay tuned, guys. We appreciate you out there, man. Um, and uh, it's it was really interesting, Rick, tonight uh, to learn that when it comes to you and Joe D, it all goes back to uh, one. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. One guitarist. Tom, get us out of here with Cities. <laughs> <laughs>